This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live is talking to Marissa Himraj, CEO of Wavemaker South Africa. And Marissa, you've got offices in Johannesburg and Cape Town, and I'm actually speaking to you in your Joburg office. Wavemaker is a top five global media network agencies. That is quite an achievement for a South African company to be part of that top five group. Do you see it as an achievement or is it just part of your normal day? I I see it very much as part of an achievement. We strive very hard to maintain the Wavemaker standard of work um, in uh, the country and working across sub-Saharan Africa as well. So uh, for me, it's really important that we stand head and shoulders with our peers globally, and we've managed to achieve that because of the very hardworking and critical minds within the agency. So I am really proud of that. As far as the critical minds go, it's a really nice blend of what we're going to talk about today, which is the field of mentorship where strong people, leaders, proven leaders can work with younger people coming up and in fact they don't really have to be younger people. And something that I read before we started this interview was how really strong leaders are quite happy to acknowledge their weak spots and into those weak spots comes that mentor. And they they create wonderful teams. Is that where your mentorship is going? Yes, 100%. I think it's really important for anybody that is moving into a leadership position, whether it's a junior manager or a senior manager, to understand that a lot of us have walked this journey having a mentor or a team of mentors uh, along for the ride with us, somebody that you can speak to and discuss um, all sorts of things, whether it's performance, whether it's how to manage people, whether it's something as simple as confidence when addressing, you know, um, a symposium or or something like that. A a mentor is like this really great sounding board whose only job is to make sure that you succeed and overcome any weakness or fear that you might have. Before we get too deep into that, We must have a little bit of fun. And the fun aspect comes from where your agency was working with a highly creative agency, and we can talk about what the difference is between the two agencies. And some copywriters or creatives approached you with a wonderful idea that didn't make any sense, didn't create... uh, an avenue to take the idea forward because the budget was just being shattered and you were known from then on as the killer of dreams. (laughs) Does the killer of dreams title worry you or in fact is it something you're quite proud of because it's it's practical? Uh, Look, at the time I was uh, a bit mortally wounded by my creative colleagues. I was like, 
I'm not trying to be that person. I love creativity. It's a lot of what we do as well. It's quite creative in a slightly different way. But, um, yeah, somebody has to be the rational mind in a room sometimes. And no, we cannot brand the moon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or launch a space shuttle <laughs> with limited budgets. And, we, and I think as a media agency, and you're talking about what is the difference between a creative and media agency. The creative uh, agencies come up with all of the amazing ideas and a way to make brands stand out and products really accessible to consumers that engages them. And the media agency's job is to find the right audience to put that message or that creative work in front of on channels that make sense. So while we don't yet have, um, you know, the ability to send a branded rocket ship up into space at a very reasonable amount because the other part is, of course, managing our clients' budgets and reporting back on, on how we did. Um, we do actually um, do some interesting stuff with some of our clients. So I think I've um, weathered the storm on that nickname. <laughs> Not going to lie to you. It did, it did throw me for, but I was like, really? I would walk in and people would go, oh, here she is. She's just going to kill our game. <laughs> <laughs> However, somebody has to kill the dreams, but your your mention of the fact that it's a partnership and it has to work and the creators yeah. have to realize that, 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 that somebody's got to put the brakes on. The, yeah. as, the aspect of mentorship, is it something that is something that stimulates you or does that flow down from your offices throughout the world? I think it is um, most definitely something that um, is across the group. It is highly encouraged globally and locally. Wavemake is part of Group M, which is quite a strong leadership program, as well as part of WPP, which is one of the largest holding companies in terms of media and communication in the world. And mentorship is very much baked into um, kind of how we nurture and guide and uh, create really good leaders. It is something that is um, invested in, and it's something that the business actually takes a lot of time to make sure that as you start to build a career, that you have that support, you get to select your mentors. It's not like the agency, for example, will say you have to work with this mentor because there's some other, you know, objective that the agency wants to kind of mold you in a certain way. Not at all. You get to select who you would like to work with, whether it's a life coach, whether it's um, a slightly different mentor or somebody that you've known for some time, but it's highly encouraged. It's like you need a sounding board to help you um, get to your best, you know, unearth all of the things that sometimes you yourself don't realize, all of the qualities that your peers can see, that your leaders can see, that you might not yet have surfaced. And, and mentorship helps you unlock that in a way. When you um, work with your mentorship program in your own agency, I know you mentioned that people have a choice, but to what extent do they have a choice? Because Sometimes a mentor has to have a tough role to say, you know, that's that's not the way we go about things here. 
And so, while we appreciate your creativity, you've got to tone it down a little bit. Um, look, we don't... So once you select a mentor, so what happens is in the mentorship selection process, once you've identified who you'd like to work with, so it's a panel that interviews the mentor, just to make sure you're not... You know, you're dealing with somebody that is credible, that has a track record of mentorship, that has stature. So, for example, if you're in a, a more creative or strategic field and you want to work with somebody who is um, an ECD or uh, a senior strategic leader across the rest of the business, and I'm talking about broader WPT, we'll connect you. And then the idea is that you then take that relationship forward because it is really about you and your mentor. And and the guardrails, as it were, is exactly that. Clear feedback. Um, the reason for the mentorship must be very, very clearly understood by both the mentee and the mentor. What do you want to get out of the mentorship? You don't just say, I'd like a mentor, but you don't know what you want to do with it. Not this, it's like you need to be quite clear on where you need the support. And you need to actually look at yourself a little bit more seriously sometimes and kind of actually, here's where I'm not really confident, or here's where I feel I let myself down, and this is what I need a mentor to help me overcome or learn how to do. And then it's up to the mentor and the mentee to have those discussions, and some of them are not pleasant. You know, um, I remember in one of my... One of my mentors once said to me, um, and I'm quite a hard worker, and I was really offended when she said this. She said to me, are you lazy? And I was like, what do you mean? I was immediately defensive. And what she was talking about was when it came to the important things, I did a lot of stuff, but when it came to the important things, I tended to avoid them. I tended to do them last because I didn't want to uh, stress myself out and I didn't want to... um, you know, create any kind of um, anxiety within myself. And so I would pile on lots of other things to do. And she was saying, are you lazy about the important things in your life versus the stuff that you have going on? And we, we, it was a hard question, right? But that's what mentors do. They challenge you. you the, your style, your own personal style rather than the company's style, is it relatively casual as as in knocking at the door and saying, can I come in, I've got a problem I want to discuss, or you just knocking on their door and saying, we need to chat about something, or is the program very formal? It's generally a blend of uh, the two. So what, what that means is always accessible. So I'm quite uh, accessible as long as you make the time with me. So please book an appointment. That's the formal side of things. Right? Just because my calendar is quite full with other meetings. But uh, even with mentorship, it's, you must complete at least a session a month with your mentor. You set it up as the mentee. So these are, when I say like we have these guardrails of how you behave, uh, you have to set it up. You take ownership for the relationship as the person being mentored because then it means that you are vested in, in actually having a mentor. I mean, there are quarterly check-ins with um, our HR teams, our, our talent and people teams, to see how you're getting along with the mentorship so that 
they make sure that you stay on track. Because people get busy and then they're like, oh, I'll just cancel this appointment. And like I said, it is an investment. So uh, some mentors are life coaches. Some are industry um, kind of legends and people that have had long sort of relationships or held positions a long time that have been there for some time that are quite senior. And some people charge for their services and the business will pay for And some are just, they do mentorship because they want to grow the capabilities and they want to support the industry and make sure that they give back to an industry that they love. You know, so it's a mix of those two. And it's very much up to the person being mentored to take uh, the opportunity, I would say, and to actually use that as, as best possible. So it's up to them to keep their appointment every month. If after three months we notice that you haven't met with your mentor, there is then a sit down to understand why you haven't. You know what's going on. Yeah. You once wrote that a good mentor creates a safe psychological space for you to explore different ways to problem solve. And you went further to say, as one of my favorite mentors once said, you hold the key, I just unlock the right door. So this is very much a partnership of 50-50. You give the suggestions and ask the questions, and they can do exactly the same. Am I correct with saying that? Yes, 100%. Like, a lot of the times, you know, when you go to somebody with a challenge that you have or um, a problem that you're facing, you you have already worked out a kind of solution and you just need somebody to hear it in a safe space so that you don't feel, oh, am I being silly or, you know, is this the wrong thing to do because you might be a bit unsure. But the better you get at making decisions and and trusting that you know what to do, the easier it becomes. And, and your mentor is really there to help you get to that better space. Um, and get to trust that you do know. And even if you, uh, you know, if you make a mistake or you make the wrong call, you will survive in business. You just have to continue to the next thing. I think most good leaders, 60% of what they decide is spot on. And 40% is, oh, it could have been better or maybe there was the wrong call. And you just have, you just get used to the idea of, okay, I can ask my mentor this or I can test a theory get their feedback, and then decide what to do. So always the power is with the person being mentored. You have a reputation for being both hard and soft in that you you listen a lot, but somebody makes the decisions. How does that play off with the, the mentor? Are, are, are they given carte blanche almost to discuss what they want to? Um. Yes, because it's not meant to be a dictatorship of any kind. It's really meant to be quite a personal one-on-one relationship where the person being mentored gets what they need out of it. But every mentor has their own style. So like you said, I have a reputation for being hard and soft, and I kind of, uh, it's 100% right. I can be incredibly empathetic, and then I can be incredibly delivery-focused or outcomes-based. And it's not inconsistent with who I am as a person. And I love people and I love, uh, you know, understanding people, but I also love that you must take ownership of who you are and you must turn up and give the best of yourself because that's what you've committed to when you take on a role. 
And if you're not doing that, I can be quite firm in directing when I'm mentoring and kind of going, well, have you considered this and what are you doing? And making sure that you understand eventually, oh, actually, I'm in charge and responsible for how I turn up in situations. My best, um, I want to say, mentorships have been watching people thrive without me. So getting to the point where they no longer need to be mentored. And then they come back to me, and I'm still very good friends with all of the people that I've mentored. And they tell me about the amazing roles they've changed, new responsibilities they've taken on, new jobs that they've taken on because they felt they had the confidence and the trust in themselves now. And they apply all of the techniques that like, different mentors use to help you kind of get better at thinking about things. So I think every mentor has a unique style. They're not, in my experience, it's never good to tell somebody that is going to mentor you um, how to do their job because they do know why you need them. And it might not always be pleasant. Like I said, my mentor, or one of, was quite... Uh, she's quite interesting to me because she challenged the way I thought about myself quite a lot. And I love her for that. I mean, at the time, it was, I would drive home getting really angry. And I would have these, um, moments where I would be like, I wonder if I want to work with this person again. And of course, you have the right to change your mind. So what we do encourage in, in our mentorship programs is if you feel that you're not getting anywhere with your mentor, you just, sometimes personalities don't work. You can change your mentor. It's meant to be a, a way of working and a way of building up your abilities that works for you. So it's never dictated in that way. You I hope it answers the question. It does, very much so. Uh, Wavemaker is, is an amazing company. Some of your successes are, are quite phenomenal, but we, we're not talking about that. Just as a final question, who mentors the mentors? Um, quite a few people, I would say. Um, I think mentors have a, it's not official, but certainly a circle of uh, very close people that they use as uh, their mentors. So it could be peers. And in my instance, I have three very close friends, Plus an actual official mentor who is a strategic leader in his own right and has helped um, other companies to grow and develop. And whenever I feel like I'm not really sure what to do, I'll give Tony a call and we'll have a discussion about, uh, you know, next steps or how to solve things or where I'm feeling a bit challenged. And um, you've got to have somebody that is quite objective because you can get very stuck in... Um, your way of thinking and it becomes unhelpful because you're not looking at all possible solutions. You know, sometimes under stress, we do make the wrong call and it's good to have that sounding board. So I think every mentor, if you ask them, they're going to say there's four or five people. When I think, oh, I really don't know or um, I'm not sure what to do next, these are the people. And it's normally quite a tight like I would say four or five people that you, you call on. And a lot of this is a relationship built over a long time based on absolute trust. With open two-way communication, it yes. must be an incredibly valuable tool for management. 
to get feedback from people at the ground level? And do does your company act on what it's getting pushed upwards? Yes, it does. It sometimes takes a while. When I think the larger the organization, the slower it sometimes moves just because of the level of um, red tape, buy-in, approvals, and alignments that need to happen. But we do act. Uh, we take on the feedback. Um, we critically evaluate where we can improve things. On a case-by-case basis, absolutely, for our management levels. And then we also do additional work in terms of, you know, uh, quite a lot of surveys that go out to staff um, to kind of assess how they're doing, how they're feeling. And we put in a lot of measures in place to help support them. Um, We work in a very fast-paced and sometimes extremely uh, stressful industry. And you've got to have that level of support for your teams because it's the team that makes the agency strong, that makes the company strong. And you're not going to have that if you don't support people. You know, so I think we've got a very clear start as we make the agency, as group MNWPP, on how important our people are. And, of course, you're not going to catch everybody all at the right time. So I do want to say... You know, if somebody's in crisis, despite all of the support systems you may have, you may not be able to help them because you might take longer. And and then your solutions may only help the next person. And it's not it's never intentional, it's just a matter of time versus need. And we try and address things as quickly as possible, but it it does depend on what it is we're trying to address. So like I see South Africa for example there's a lot of work that we're doing in diversity and inclusion um, and transformation that is happening. And it's, I think in the next few years, we'll certainly see a lot of the, the groundwork that we've done in the past four years come to light. But it takes a while before we can get there, you know. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely believe in, in the, the process of building from the ground up and making sure that our teams are supported well. Marissa Himraj, CEO of Wavemaker South Africa, also known as Killer of Dreams, but obviously inspiration <laughs> behind those dreams as well. Thank you very much for talking to Dispatch Live. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me. Bye.